I found myself almost not sending the emails. I wanted to send them last Thursday, actually. So this did happen. I wanted to send them last Thursday, the first email. And I didn't because I was just dicking around with automation rules and stuff. And, and I almost didn't send them today. So I was like, I still don't know that my whole workflow for the whole, for my whole business is exactly right. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I just won't do any of it. Send the email and see what happens. And somebody, you know, somebody bought it already. Hey there. Are you looking to take your family life to the next level? One where you're in charge and free to set your own hours? You've come to the right place. Each and every week, we share the highs, lows, ups, and downs as we grow our businesses from zero to hero. Welcome to the Nights and Weekends Podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. How are you? Doing good. Just got home from uh, puppy kindergarten. Is it wrong that... Is this uh, a metaphor? Or? No. It, okay. You sign the, the dog up for uh, obedience school. <clears throat> they call it puppy kindergarten. <clears throat> Four weeks. Is it wrong that uh, after one hour of puppy kindergarten, I hit my target heart rate? <laughs> it was like jogging the dog around the gymnasium, having having her do obstacles and things. It's like, oh yeah, my that's God, awesome. I'm out of shape. Yeah, it is awesome. <clears throat> So how's your week been? Uh, good. I mean, emotional, you know, but good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just how it's going to be. Um, it's just a function of, I think, you know, a fair amount of uncertainty and um, a lot of excitement. Okay, let's, but, let's, let's take a step back. Uncertainty about what? For listeners who are just joining us. Yeah. For those of you who haven't been listening for the last year. <laughs> no, I mean, so, you know, I, so I, gave, I gave notice at work last week and it's sort of unfolding progressively to where, you know, hey, you had a conversation my boss this week about hey you know when's your last day gonna be and i was like oh my god i really have to have a last day um and then you know business is trucking along and doing good and actually had some great news today which we'll, we'll get into later but um yeah i mean in general you know we're 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 a lot of the way to where we need to be financially but we're not all the way and i don't i don't think that was ever the goal was to be all the way there because that would just be really hard to do i think with having a full-time job and and family and some semblance of a life um especially on the the timeline that we're that we've been going on. I mean, you, you just can't burn it at both ends for two years. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, so, you know, kind of we're, we're where we are and, and that's cool. I mean, I'm good with it. Amanda's good with it. We have money saved up to where our runway is, is, you know, relatively substantial. Um, and then, and the reality of it is just like, you know, hey, this is, this is sort of an anxious time. Um, and I think the anxiousness is not that we're making the right decision or not, because I know we're making the right decision, but it's that something will go wrong, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. that is sort of unforeseen maybe. Um, because I think when we when we really step back and look at it objectively and say, what's the worst thing that could happen? And the, the from, from as far as we can tell, the worst thing that could happen is we'll blow through some money and have a great time and have to come back and get a job. And then the job I can... Can get when I come back is not as good as the job I'm leaving. So did you um, and did you and Amanda sit down and just really talk through all of the you know worst case scenarios and just say and I, I just want to know what that conversation looks like. Uh no we just kind of yeah yeah we did <laughs> yeah I mean it, yeah yeah so so we kind of said. Yeah. What's the worst case scenario? And, and I mean, we, this is not a one-time conversation. We did this multiple times and said, yeah. what's the worst thing that could happen for us as a, as a couple? What's the worst thing that could happen for our kids? What's the worst thing that happened for our financial future and, you know, my employability? Um, and, and all those were, were sort of decent. Um, I think we have a couple of things that are really making the decision easier for us. Um, the, the biggest being that, you know, I'm fortunate to have, we're fortunate to have been able to save a, a, a fair bit of money and it just it doesn't make it easier because I don't want to dip into it but it makes it easier to say that I know that I know that that dip is coming and we're going to have to kind of power through it and make our money but the opportunity to do what we're talking about doing is there because we have the money because I've sacrificed some time and and sleep and all that kind of stuff in the last two years to make the money um, both on the side and through my day job to to be able to have this opportunity so we need to take advantage of the opportunity and not and not view it as like what if we blow through you know twenty or thirty grand? Um, but that hey, we're going to blow through twenty or thirty grand, and that's kind of the the on ramp to hopefully live the rest of our lives kind of like we want. Yeah. Um, but that that's that's an easy thing to say. And a little tougher thing uh, to be facing. Yeah, living it every day has to be a little tough. Yeah, yeah, and so we're not there yet, and that's that's part of it. I think is is that we're not there yet, and we're we're kind of saying to ourselves, we're about to be to the point where we we might start chugging through some some savings, and that that will be um, just different, you know. Right. So you're going to be taking the family to Europe pretty soon, right? That's yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. So you're thinking that you know if things don't start an upswing from where they are now, do you do you foresee having to dip into savings while you're in Europe? Yeah. 
And, you know, without getting too much into specifics about your budgeting, that's not what I was getting at. But yeah. uh, it's it's more like, you know, how will that impact your experience in Europe knowing that, okay, you know, today was the first day we, we really started to draw down savings. You know, yeah. does that mean we can't eat out as much? Does that mean we right. can't sightsee? Does that mean we can't take the, the train? You know, what, is that, what does that look like? Yeah. No, no, no. So we're not going to like eat ramen and, and walk everywhere. I mean, I think that we're, uh, at least on paper, sort of comfortable with the fact that you know, realistically, the next six months from now, uh, we'll we'll dip, be dipping into our savings some, and that's that's kind of just what it is, and we're comfortable yeah. with it, and both of us are comfortable with it. We've had a lot of super honest conversations about it, and before yeah. I pulled the trigger to quit the job, and I you know I told I told him, I said, hey, this is kind of where we are, and this is kind of where I think we'll be in a couple months, and I think in six months we'll be there, and you know, once you get there, I don't foresee it going backwards yeah. very much, um, but yeah, there will be time where we're going to dip into savings and that's going to be sort of emotionally challenging and she's she's cool with it I'm cool with it and that's kind of the price we're going to pay for this opportunity yeah um and, and I think we look at the chance to go to Europe for six months as maybe the only time in our lives we'll ever be able to do it so if it takes a little bit of money um that's fine it, the, the fact is it, it it won't cost any more for us to go to Europe for six months than it would be for us to live here and in fact I think it might be a little cheaper right um huh. you, you know you think about no cars no no health insurance, really. I mean, the health insurance we'll get will be like traveler's insurance, which will be like twenty five hundred or three grand for six months. Okay, um, and it's sort of like you know catastrophic insurance equivalent here, which is all we need. We're healthy, four people that are under forty, and you know it should be fine. Um, and it includes some sort of contents protections, kind of like renter's insurance. Um, and then you know we'll rent an Airbnb that'll be like a two bedroom in a medium sized town, and that's like you know eighteen hundred bucks, something like that. Two two grand is what we're shooting for, which is when you when you tack on, you know, health insurance and car payments and car insurance and all that kind of shit. Um that gets even if you have a very cheap house here in the States, that that gets pretty reasonable. Um mm-hmm. and, and you know, so it's so it's like sort of on parity with what we're paying here. And you know, something else that we've been doing and it's definitely sort of Amanda's side of our, you know, relationship is is really paring down our expenses to where we're living on a ton less than we did two years ago. And that makes it easy. I mean, it makes it easy for me to say, I don't have to make whatever, 15 grand a month for us to live. I can make whatever, five, 10, whatever the number is. It, you know, the, the, you know, it's it's offense and defense yeah. that you got to play. Really cool, man. I'm excited for you guys. I think it's going to be the adventure of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and we're talking real seriously about not coming back. Um, I, there's a lot to be said for for a lot of the things that people in Europe do and how they live, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be downsides to it. Um, and you know, we're going to really sort of evaluate whether the downsides are bigger than the upsides. I see the wisdom of it. You're going to be one of those. Um, you're going to exacerbate the refugee crisis. You're, but you're a, you're an American refugee fleeing America yeah, right. to settle in Europe somewhere. <laughs> But, uh, uh, it, there's, you know, there's a real reason you should, you know, we live in a day and age where, you know, you know, technology has made the world really small and why not go and live and raise your kids where you feel comfortable as a family, someplace that meshes with your values and, and the, the quality of life and the lifestyle um, that you want. Why not? If you're one of those people in the world that are blessed enough to do that, that you have the mobility to do that, you know, if you're the 10% of humanity that can just pick up, take your family, wherever you want to live, you don't have to live 10 minutes from work. You know, you can, you can just be anywhere. Um, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. No, so I agree, obviously. And it's uh, it's an exciting prospect for sure. And even if we don't live there, we'll live somewhere super cool back here in the States. So yeah, that is awesome. That is yeah, awesome. pretty, pretty excited either way. So what else has been going on in the life of uh, Craig Hewitt? Anything else exciting? Uh, yeah, man. So, you know, things are are overall very good. I mean, we, we uh, you know, with Podcast Motor are in a in a good groove. We were crazy. Like a few weeks ago, it was just crazy. Like all these new customers coming on and stuff and still are, are relatively busy. Um and trying to continually offload, you know, one extra little piece each week to to the team. Um, and our lead audio editor, Eric, has been taking on onboarding of new customers. I think we talked about this. Where like you can't just keep, I can't just keep bringing in new customers and doing selling and setting them up and coordinating with you know who's going to edit the show and do the show notes and stuff. So he's very graciously sort of taken over the. <clears throat> hey, do you have all the pieces in place to to do a show? And does the audio sound okay? And 
and this is what kind of a rough sketch of the first episode looks like, which is huge. I mean, that's just a ton of back and forth and several phone calls with some customers, and he's just, he's fantastic. I trust him implicitly, so it's been great that he's been able to take that over. Um, and, and the next step there is for him to really interface with Becky, who's our producer, to then take it and hand it off to her to keep the ball rolling longer term to start producing episodes two through whenever. So that's cool. Um, and I just am, am either lazy and or chicken to do more of that. But um, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of it, I think. And just the more I can keep doing it, the more I can focus on other things with the business, like developing the course and software, all these sorts of things that are going to keep and, and just doing sales. I mean, we're really, really starting to see the flywheel of content marketing come in um, at this point. And I'm glad we've stuck with it. But, uh, y- you know, we, we, are, we are getting the opportunity to capitalize on our brand at this point. And it's it's pretty exciting to see. That is pretty cool. So, so all this streamlining that you do you're, that you're doing in the process. Do you blog about any of that stuff? No, uh, no. I talk to you about it. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know if there's like a checklist to make editing the podcast go quicker or you know yeah, there's a yeah. lot of little stuff like that. Other podcasters might appreciate. Um, cool. So this course when when is that launch? Right. So I sent the first email today uh, for the course. So yeah. epicpodcasting.com. Anybody wants to go check it out. Uh, it's it's fantastic. So we're in sort of early access at this point, which is a pretty steep discount off of the the regular price of the course. Um, and it's not I shouldn't say course. We really call it an experience because it's like it's a course and it's monthly webinars with really like stud podcasters and and all sorts of different types of people around podcasting. And then weekly, what we're calling office hours with either me or one of the part, you know members of our team to talk about audio editing or marketing or acquisition or brand building and things like that. Um, but anyway, so so the the first of the email series went out today and we actually had a, a customer sign up. So it's our second customer sign up for the course, which is great. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that the early access, uh, you know, sales push will, will go well. And I, I think it will. I think it's going to be, it's a good product for sure. I mean, I, I 100% am comfortable really selling it because I think it does deliver the value that, that we're promising. And it is, you know, hey, if you want to start a podcast, we've seen it done 50 different ways now, right? And yeah. we were picking the 50 different pieces that make a really good show. And through all that, we, we can put together a template that really should be pretty special for you. And hopefully, you know, instead of you figuring out the hard way, if you watch, what is it going to be, an hour and a half or two hours of videos or, you know, me sort of presenting it, it, it should go pretty well. And we're going to have Eric, our audio guy, talk, you know, teach kind of how he does editing in Adobe Audition. I'm going to go through how I do it in GarageBand um, and talk about how to set up a show in WordPress and how to use PowerPress and how to send out email blasts and all this kind of stuff that that I, it, it all should be very helpful for somebody who wants to say, hey, I want to do it the way that has been proven to do well and kind of go from there. So uh, I'm really excited about it. I think it could be the first of several products we release. You know, I, I talked to Brian Castle from Audience Ops a lot. We have very similar businesses and, and he's doing very similar things. I mean, he started with a WordPress plugin and is going to go to some information products and, and build more WordPress plugins. And I think that it just makes sense. I mean, the service side of our business is, is great and it it, it allows us to continue content marketing and, and brand building. Um, but building products around it is is just cool. I think that's part of it is it's fun and different mm-hmm. and exciting, but it also is a lot more profitable. I mean, our profit margin is you know, not 80%, right? So, you know, building a product once and selling it a bunch of times has the potential to to be more lucrative for sure. Oh, yeah. So, So are you, I mean, could you describe it less as a course and more like a a membership community? Is this a, um, is this a one-time fee or will it eventually? Yeah, it's a one-time fee. Yeah, yeah. And so you get in, you get the, you get the video content, right? And Mm -hmm. you get, uh, there's going to be a webinar weekly, you say, or is this monthly? Uh, It's going to be a monthly, like, guest webinar and then a weekly, I call it office hours, which is just like me and Google Hangouts. For how long? For how many in perpetuity? I pay you whatever the fee is and I just get this forever? Yeah. Yep. Dude, you're crazy. Why is this crazy. not a monthly subscription? Crazy. No, I can't. Uh, so, so so John Lee Dumas uh, has a similar sort of structure um, and just this year started charging uh, some sort of recurring fee. Yeah, but I'm thinking of um, fizzleco.co, um, right? Yeah. And they have the courses that, you know, step-by-step courses. They could charge for each one of those courses. And I think mm-hmm. they, they used 
used to on some of them, right? And then they have the discussion forums and there's a Facebook group and why can't? So, so I think longer term, that could be a potential. I think at this point, it's, um, it's a little early. It, it's a little early. I mean, you know, we, I, I think I honestly believe we deserve to be able to charge what we do for our knowledge at this point. And I hope that people agree with me. Um, but I don't think that at this point we have proven to people and maybe even proven to myself that we can we deserve to charge every month for it. Yeah. Plus, you got to get enough people in over the gates to um, yeah. warrant charging for the, the, the community benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't say to customer number one, come on in and enjoy our amazing community for $30 a month. And yeah. then they, they're, they're in there with tumbleweeds and crickets. Yep. Yep. So maybe the course turns into a community, uh, although it will have a community type aspect to it. We're going to have a Facebook group. Yeah. Um, but uh, So a year from now, maybe there's enough people in there to warrant. Sure. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're providing ongoing value. And that's, to me... The definition of something that you can ch- charge a recurring fee for is if there's increasing value over time. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think the the nature of courses and you you hear some of these people talk about courses these days, they're not just 12 videos anymore. And they can't be 12 videos anymore. You have to say, I'm going to help you solve a problem as fast as possible. And I'm going to give you not just the tools, but the support to do it. But usually that's a finite set of, you know, and we've mm -hmm. recorded these six, six interviews and you'll get two coaching calls with, but you, you, you don't have any limits on like, yeah, I think it's, but it's also super scalable, right? I mean, if it's, if it's a a monthly comp, uh, you know, webinar, that's an hour and four weekly office hours that are 30 minutes that's three hours of my time a yeah, month. yeah not the end of the world right yeah i'm not saying you're losing money on this saying that. no <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're leaving some money on the table yeah no but, I, you know, that's fair that's to, fair. To, 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 to start, start it off, off that's fair probably yeah, to, yeah. to start it off i i get what you're, you're going after but you know three to six months later you should really start looking at how many people you've had through the door and how many you have a facebook community do you have a you do have a membership community as well or just the facebook uh it's just the facebook group yeah yeah All right i get yeah, that yeah so it's uh it's definitely um I hate to say like an MVP, but it's definitely something that will be iterated on, right? Yeah. It's definitely version one. Um, and I think that's a cool thing about a course as opposed to like a, especially like a print book where like if it changes, that's cool. And I can, I can even go back to people that say, Hey, I know you visited the pricing page. You weren't interested then. We're now doing this. Maybe you want to check it out or whatever. So, right. and speaking of that, my mind just got totally fucked with drip workflows um, <laughs> over the weekend. I love I drip, like, drip workflows. Ah, my head's going to explode. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, so I just, I just, I didn't even turn it on. I just sent the email this morning. I'm okay. like, fuck it. I'll just send it. I'll send it to everybody. I don't, yeah. I don't you, even know. You can just use the regular campaign flow, right? Yeah. And that's and what I'm doing. have I mean, an email sequence. A, yeah. It's just a tag. And I did set up the the old school tags to say, if you visit this page, then do this. And if you visit this page, then apply this tag. So the tags are there. If I want to go back and do something with those people later, I can do that at least. Um, That's how my whole business is run right now is off of tags and the old simple automation rules. Um, The problem is it's gotten complex enough that I really need to start migrating things to the workflows just so I can keep track of the branching and control of flow logic. Mm Because I have a lot of things buried. Do I have to go clicking around and... Now what happens? Okay, they get this tag and then they go here, but unless they finish the campaign and they go here, it's like I I really kind of need to see the flowchart. And I and, you I, know I sent them I sent those guys uh, a message the other day when I was like about to pull the trigger and I was like, what happens if I do this? Is everybody just going to start getting like randomly email three of some campaign you know that I didn't? So yeah. I sent them email. I said, hey, you, what if you guys had like a simulator mode, right? Yeah. Like like a sandbox, right? If I turn this on, what will happen? Right. Um. And Andy emailed back like five minutes later of course and he was like that's a great idea we'll put it in the box you know whatever you know yeah because with the old fuck off you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just added 180 hours to our development <laughs> pipeline thanks so yeah the uh, um, the old the, you know their their existing automation workflow um, as you're adding customers to a segment it says okay 20, 20 people will be affected by this role okay and as, mm-hmm. you, as you filter it down it shows you like a preview of who would be affected if you clicked activate right right okay. and then it tells you these 20 people will receive this email immediately are you sure and then you can go into your settings and say, oh, no, 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 no. You know, send it starting on Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, e- um, yeah. So, the, yeah, the workflow definitely needs something like that. I agree. It would just be nice. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I, I don't know if it's... Cross your fingers and hope. I do like that they made a, uh, in their knowledge base now, they have a good migration tutorial for people like me that are kind of have a rat's nest of old rules that want to migrate. Mm-hmm. So, there's some, it's logical and there's there's a logical way to migrate people. Yeah. Um, you know, let people finish out the flows that they're in and here's the flow for all the new people and you kind of set a you kind of set a stake in the ground said everybody after this point that comes into the funnels they do this um, yep. it's a lot more sane that way 
Huh, yeah. yeah, that's one of my questions is like, do, do workflows just run constantly? Or like if you get two thirds of the way through the workflow and you're hit a, at a certain point, does it just wait for you to go A or B? Um, that's a good question. I'm not, you know, cause like my gate, my entrance gate was, has opened an email in the last, has opened any of the last 10 emails. You know, I was talking to a guy in a, a Slack channel and he was asking how it was Julio from one of my older masterminds. He, he was wanting, he has a client that wants to set up a mastermind or master, a webinar sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you got a hundred people on that list. Okay. Three days beforehand, send this email, five days out, send this email, 10 days out, send this, email. you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, reminders that this webinar is coming up. And and he didn't really see a good way to do that in Drip because everything in Drip seems to be event-driven. So, you know, the events are spawned in response to some activity. Um, so, and I was thinking, you know, I kind of do something like that. When I was looking at it, mine works based on events that I send from my my matching application. So it actually, over the API, kicks off events. So I was like, yeah, I'm kind of stumped. I don't know how you would do that. Um, hmm. So to your question, do the workflow just run? I, to, to date, unless there's something new in workflows, everything in Drip has happens as a response to, to a stimulus. So it's either a user clicks a link or submits a form that starts the, the ball rolling. And so they'll, they'll get sent an email, for instance, in your campaign. And then you can have rules that say, if they open the email, do this. If they click a link in the email, do this. Or if they ignore the email after so many days, do this. Um, also, the API allows you to kick off events. So you can say, okay, in my application, the user clicked this thing and I need this email to get sent. Right. Those kinds of, But again, it's all event driven. It's not just on a timer. Um, so do these things just run in the back? I don't know. I, I have to study the new workflow feature more. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I, if some sort of like event that could happen more than once is my gating or my entry point, uh-huh. could someone go through my workflow more than once? Event. So if they sign up for your onboarding or if they, if they, at the very, if they click a link, yeah. right? Okay. Maybe if they click the link more than entry. once. Well, maybe that's just a shitty way to do an entry. No, that's, that's exactly how things happen in my process, right? You click a link, but immediately, that sets a an event in the user's profile in Drip, and that sets them into another sequence of automation rules. Yeah. So if 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 this thing has happened, mark the event and then send them over to this campaign. So this next sequence of events can happen. Right. That's how my stuff kind of works um, with the old system. And I think workflows encapsulates all the same functionality. It's just easier to comprehend what's going on in the visual yeah. workflow designer. Yeah. So I don't think they added any like functionality. I think they just made it easier to set up. Yeah. No. It's great. I love it. I love it. And I think if I was, especially if I was just starting out, it'd be super easy yeah. at this point. And this point, that's that's my question, though, is like some people I've sort of forced halfway down the funnel um, or down the workflow. I, and I'm not just entirely sure how that. Well, I saw Rob's recommendation to one person was let him finish that funnel. Don't try to, you know, take that guy and a hundred other of his peers and put them into, mm-hmm. the, into the new workflow mm-hmm. thing. Because then you're going to have to come up with some way to drop them in in the middle of it where they were, sh- where they should be. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that's those good are, stuff. I mean, so have you? I, I would say just yeah, email Rob and Derek and everybody over. So what's up with you, man? I'm just working hard. So all this stuff I've been talking about, planning on doing, I'm actually uh, like this weekend. I really got like I got about eleven hours worth of work in just from Friday night through Sunday afternoon. That's fantastic. And I, all the kids in Silicon Valley eating ramen are like. Pfft. Right. That's a Tuesday for us, right? Shump. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that that was hard, hard one time too. So like, you know, Saturday I woke up and I got the hell out of the house early and, you know, got the dirty looks from the wife and <laughs> jumped in the car and it's like, I can't be here right now. I got to get some work done. And so I went to the coffee shop and I was there until four. I got a text from the wife saying, you know, how much later are you going to be? Because I'm thinking of taking the kids to see, you know, uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. I was in the theater. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, oh boy. There's a fork in the road. What would Robert Frost do? So there's a fork in the road. I can either sit here and work and let her take four kids, 12 and under, to the movies by herself. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Self-inflicted. No one told you to do that. Or, you know, I can, you know, earn some dad chips and and go to the movies. So anyway, I knocked off a little early. I went to the movies and uh, it was pretty cool to look down the aisle and see my son sitting on my wife's lap. And he's just totally digging. This is his first movie, right? And so every preview that comes on, he's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. Cool. You know, he's eating the popcorn. He's like, more popcorn. Oh, there's a huge jug of soda over here. I can just drink as much as I want. And we're like, sure. And the movie starts and his eyes are huge as pancakes. You know, it's just, he loved it. It was great experiencing that with the family. So I'm glad I didn't mess out on it. It was, it was pretty cool watching him fall asleep before we were even a third of the way into it. He was out yeah. snoring. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. And uh, and then, you know, it got another hour when we got back. And Sunday, same thing. Um, we went to church and uh, I drove separately from the rest of the family. So the wife had kids in the van. I drove myself. So after church, I'm like, peace. I had my laptop ready to go in the, in the car and I went over to the coffee shop and came home in time for dinner. So it was like... Just had to, just had to get it done. So yeah. you know, I'm working on blog posts, plural. I'm working on a lead magnet, and then I'm working on various ways to get word out about all these things, right? So I got almost four thousand words into my uh, blog post, and the lead magnet is driven off that. And I, I sent that over to a friend, and this, this, yeah, looking at this is a really great article. Um, and you, you're only you know you're only a third of the way away from having a full ebook done. If you just keep going and add this kind of section and add this kind of section, this is something you could actually sell as an ebook and take portions of and more make more articles and content mm-hmm. later you know because i'm at just like 3700 words and so you know if i can get to 15,000 or so maybe that's something i can actually call an ebook do other things with but that's getting out of myself Fuck yeah man i would do it that would be awesome yeah i can keep you know i can keep pushing forward maybe you know two more weekend sessions like that and i can have it done um and it'll be a kind of a modern take on um what masterminds should look like and tools that we can use today that there aren't really a lot of ebooks that were written you know these last two months that yeah and it totally encapsulate all the new slack tools and all the new you know video conferencing tools and all the you know all the new thinking so, so I can, would you would you sell it uh directly on your site or on amazon as lead gen i don't know why not both mm-hmm. why not yeah. both uh, uh you can't do both well uh, you can you can do both but you wouldn't make any money from him like none almost from him yeah yeah no 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 what i mean is um rework the the pack the the content a bit mm. so it lo- it, so it's a different product okay and on my site don't sell it for like the full ebook price offer segments of the content as part of and here's what i was going to do for the lead magnet because um part way through the content i have you know here here are the questions you need to ask to get into a, you know of the group organizer here are the questions you really need to ask of every single member that you're thinking of putting in your group i'm basically giving people a step-by-step guide how to make a mastermind group without coming through my process right mm-hmm. and at the mm-hmm. end you know there's always the hook at the end, it's like, oh, or you can just let me do it for you. But if you know, if you're going to do this on your own, there's a lot of great free ways to get people that are good for a mastermind group. But make sure you ask these crucial questions, um, you know. And I, I go through an outline, so there's there's really easy checklist there, um, and then there's a really easy slide share there. And wh- well, hell, while I'm making slides for the slide share, I have a program here that I can animate those and zoom in and out and make a, like a one of those whiteboard videos and do a narration over it. I don't even have to have my face on camera to do that. It's like, well, shit, why not do that? You know, <laughs> it's like just one more thing that's shareable on Facebook or shareable on an Instagram. Instagram video or on a, in a Twitter video ad or a Facebook ad. So um, I've got a lot of different ways I can spin the same content to drive people back to the site. And uh, the content really does add value. I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm happy with how it's turning out because um, it's frankly, you know, I've thought about this a lot. So at this point, to me, it's it was like, okay, I got to stop, you know, rewind, put my head back into this space of, you know, what would I need if I were just, just learning about what is this concept of mastermind groups or workshops or what are these things that everybody's talking about and start there. Yeah. So it was really good exercise. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. What what tool do you use to do the animations and stuff? I have two things. So I have a program I got in some um, JV deal. Somebody was selling something. And if, if you signed up right now, you get this this video app called Easy Sketch Pro. And it does whiteboard videos. Mm. And I got it, what was it, end of 24, like December 2014. So it's been around. They're like on version 3 now. So let me, hold on. It's cool. Yeah, Easy Sketch Pro. And the uh, so that one will take, and it takes these SVG pictures, and it basically traces the outline of F- SVG files. And so that can be text, that can be these line images, that can mm-hmm. be all kinds of the, and you can just buy, you can pay $10 on, on Creative Market or on uh, Envato's uh, Market. You can you can find these SVG files that this program can then trace, and it, and it has like a human hand JPEG that makes it look like you're drawing it. Yeah. And you can speed it up, slow it down, zoom in and out, all kinds of things. 
Uh, it's really, really cool software. Um, the other uh, piece of software I'm going to use is called um, Easy VSL, and that's Easy Video Sales Letter. And that's similar, but it doesn't do all the tomfoolery. It doesn't make it look like a, um, somebody's drawing the, the sketching on a whiteboard. Kind of. Yeah. And by the way, the, the sketching program can also do, it can make it look like chalk on a chalkboard. Um, I oh, recently awesome. saw one where they took a Stephen Hawking le- lecture, and they did a chalkboard animation of as he was talking, and they illustrated everything, all the ideas about black holes. And it was amazing. I'm like, I have a software. I can do that. Like, I could actually start, like, a Fiverr uh, business where I just do this for people because I have the software right here. It's amazingly simple to do. Hmm. And then, you know, I- I've got a microphone and shit here. I it, I don't have to hire a professional voiceover artist. I can just narrate the damn, you know, version one can just be me talking over these things. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember um, there was a Bootstrap with Kids episode a long time ago. Breck was talking about how, you know, you know what kind of videos work on a site if you're just getting started? Um, he, is, he has yet to see many kinds of videos that convert better than black text on a white background and people really respond to somebody reading in your face even though you know there's words on the screen black text on a white background and somebody's reading them and you're going through the slide and it just reinforces it in so many ways and hits so many different parts of your brain uh, it's compelling uh, so there's a lot more gee whiz things you can do with um, adobe premiere and stuff like that but um, you don't have to i think it kind of goes back to our conversation about workflows and drip and stuff and and i, I found myself almost not sending the emails i wanted to send them last thursday actually so this did happen i wanted to send them last thursday the first email and i didn't because i was just dicking around with automation rules and stuff and, and i almost didn't send them today so i was like i still don't know that my whole workflow for the whole my whole business is exactly right yeah. so i was like fuck it i just won't do any of it send the email and see what happens and somebody you know somebody bought it already yeah. so and i think the same i mean that's exactly what, you know now I'm doing black background and white text, but yeah, I'm just going to, I have uh, Google Slides, right? So from Google Drive, Google Slides, I'm going to mm-hmm. create 12, 10 presentation or 10 slide presentations maybe Yep. and narrate them. Yep. And fortunately know some people that can do audio editing and then have them sync it up to slide transitions. Yeah. And yeah, write out the script and just have them read it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm making, I'll make the slides ahead of time so that I kind of am narrating to the slides Yeah. and I might do a couple of screencasts. But even then, I'll just do the screencast and talk over it. And that's what it, it's just Brex yeah. is. He did the um, he used a ScreenFlow or was it Camtasia, one of those programs. And he's actually clicking through the slides and then he goes through and just zooms in using the software. So you can't see the Chrome, you know, the, the bezel around the thing with the you know previous next button and stuff. And so, boom, he has what he needs. And then he could either leave it like it is or take the whole thing and have somebody on Fiverr just take his words and put in, you know, use their own voice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. he's got the pacing down that he wants. He has the script down that he wants send it off to somebody else that sounds sexier and then boom you're done and you don't even i mean quick time on mac does, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Jing screen for free. screencast screencast for the whole screen or screencast for an area you select yep um yeah non-rocket science yeah and it's just a matter of uh, you know for me it's a matter like you said it just you, it's easy to get paralyzed thinking well this isn't the best that i've ever seen and i've seen videos that are better than this and i've seen better videos that are better produced than this and you know i do i need to have every step in my entire funnel done today no just do the first video and get it out there um, mm-hmm. and get it converting and then you can you can always iterate um, I kind of think I mean it's, it's kind of like podcasting right yeah I mean we have a good podcast right it might not sound the best uh, but if what we're saying sound it is so much better than the little bit of you know lack of quality we have in audio then that, that should make up for it right yeah oh yeah it's like James Altucher used to be like in his car podcasting or something fucking crazy. It was the worst sounding thing ever when we would edit his show and it was so popular. Well, yeah. Part of that's because James Altucher, you know, it's, it's he's the he's man. Got the huge yeah. audience, right? So he could be taking a dump and you could hear him wiping his butt and it's 2000 downs, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, Russell Brunson.com Secrets was the book we couldn't remember the last time. The um, Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he does two podcasts a day, basically, right? So he does marketing your car in the, in the morning on his drive. It's like 10 minutes. It's just him talking while the cars, you know, you hear the car noises in the background and the click of the turn signal and just him talking. And then on the way home, he does a periscope. <laughs> you know, it's like, who kicks out this much content every single day? Um, yeah. No, it's awesome. I was thinking about, because I was I was getting really revved up this week. You know, I was in the coffee shop. Everybody's got their laptops open. You're kind of, you know, you're feeling the energy, right? And I was driving home. I was like, geez, wouldn't that be great just to be able to be free to think about that every day? Like, I just wake up in the morning and think, how am I going to add value today? You know, <laughs> and get it out there. To, that just sounds amazing. 
amazing to me. Um, not to say that I don't think that way about my day job, but it's different, right? Because with the job, you're thinking, um, how am I going to get these three tasks done before the phone rings to tell me to stop everything I'm doing and do this other thing, right? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be great just to have this? It was just incredibly refreshing, even though, you know, I got to make amends when I get home <laughs> because, you know, I didn't give her the choice to say yes or no. I just kind of made her the babysitter. So that wasn't the coolest thing for me. No, I mean, I totally get it. It, 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 the, the mental space is huge. Yeah. Mental space is huge. I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to see it a little bit. Um, and I think it's it's just so difficult to see when you don't have it. Right. That when you start to get a little bit of it, of that the, the perspective and that focus, it's... It's addicting. Well, I mean, it's just like it's like all the people that have that are already there, right? Yeah. You know, the Justin McGill's and 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 Rob Wallings and all these guys. You know, how do you guys do it? And you know, working an eight hour job and then come home work for three hours after kids go to bed at eight. I understand why they they can't relate anymore to to how hard it is and how hard it is to pull double duty. Yeah. I think that's probably why we're pretty good with, you know, hey, we're almost there. Let's go ahead and do it so we don't kill ourselves, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I was thinking, I was answering a um, customer support email. By the way, do you do you sometimes cringe before you open a Help Scout? Like for me, I have to set aside a time. I have to set aside time when I can just um, be fresh and clear about like, it's like, uh, like last night I was thinking, oh boy, I haven't checked Help Scout all day. And I was thinking, no, I just got in bed. I am not checking Help Scout right now because now I'll be thinking about this all night. And if it's something that like upsets me, I'll, I'll have that on me, all night, you know, or if it's something that I really want to reply to, I'm not going to tap out a reply on my mobile phone. So I just had to leave it. Right. Yeah. So we don't, we don't have help scout, but I, I know what you're saying with yeah. just the email in general. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, that's part of the reason why I want to offload as much of the day-to-day -day stuff to the team as I can, because I don't think they're as emotionally invested in, you know, someone saying, hey, can you put a comma before this as I am? Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's sometimes it's draining. Mm -hmm. What made me think about it was uh, I was answering an email and you said that, you know, it's no wonder that, you know, the, the successful people that we talk to, some of them have a hard time getting their head back in the headspace that, you know, some of us are still struggling through. And some, somebody asked me, you know, I have an existing business that makes it, you know, between the, in your tier in the $10,000 to $100,000 range, but I'm starting this new project. So should I, should I sign up as a beginner or should I sign up as experienced? You know, in, in what context are you asking the question of, of what your revenue is? And so I was replying to that and he, and he, and further, he said, I'm a little worried that I'm signing up for something where it's just going to be a bunch of us at the same level. Mm. Like, you know, he's mm -hmm. worried about the blind leading the blind. Kind of. And so I, I try to put myself in the headspace and it's like, well, you got to put yourself in the other guy's shoes. Was like, why would, um, you know, if you're in a mastermind group, if I match you up in mastermind group with, say, um, Bill Gates right now, <laughs> yeah. what, what could you possibly offer back to him? And why would that be worth his time for free to sit down for an hour with you a week or however long it is and give you advice on your business? And then he's going to turn around and ask you for what advice? You know, it's got to be a, it's got to be a give and take. And um, so you got to kind of walk a mile in the, everybody else's shoes. Um, so anyway, that came up today. So it was interesting that you, that you mentioned that. That is a tough thing, man. And I, I think as much as you can overcome that in your 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 sales copy of you know hey it's a give and take Every, you, know, you have four people in a group primarily for that reason so there's someone who is just above and just below you yep. at each at each aspect of your business yeah um, we have we have three people in our group now and we have a pretty good mix of ahead and below and behind and, and and you know I'm the the salesy kind of guy we we have a very technical guy and we have someone who's kind of in the in, in the middle um and so that's a nice balance too yeah. you know of, of you know hey you know I'm thinking like this they say hey you know quit being a bitch or hey you, you really should think about this and start analyzing a little more instead of just going off and firing shots yeah. in the dark um yeah, it's hugely helpful. I mean, I, you know, the mastermind thing is is hugely helpful. But I understand where this guy's coming from. Is it, it, especially at certain levels of business, I feel like, and I don't know what those are, but I think it is around this area where we are. It is like you have a bunch of people who are just figuring a lot of things out. I think if you have a bunch of people that are doing a million dollars a year, it's fine, right? But if you have a bunch of people that are doing fifty thousand dollars a year, um, there's a lot that we don't know. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, so, so, so I, 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 yeah, that's, that's an interesting, I've never thought about that. You know, I would never, and, and that was the, that was the thinking behind the, the revenue tiers right there in the pricing grid, right? Mm -hmm. You know, cause at first glance it's like, um, why is there different prices here? Cause you're not offering any different features, right? But the, the idea is those are the buckets of 
basically revenue for, for lack of a better metric to divide people up. The people that are making north of $100,000 a month in, in, in revenue are having very different issues than people who haven't made a dollar yet yeah. that month, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, and to be clear, we do have people that sign up that are making 50000 a month, 100000 you know, 300000 a month in some cases. I want to make 300000 <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good problem to have? And Ken, and, Ken what do I do to make 300000 a month? And if you look in my FAQ, it says, well, what happens if I'm making more than a million a month? Is this still a good fit for me? Like, I answered that question because I got that question in Help Scout. Um, and I charge those people a lot more. It's yeah. <laughs> it's right there in the FAQ. At that point, it's more like a, you know, it's more like a matching service um, for, like, recruiting. Uh, Headhunting. That's the word I'm looking for. But anyway, the um, the point being, these people are solving different problems, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. want to you want to get, you know, a, a, a good enough group that's close enough in levels. So a step ahead, a step behind, that's perfect, right? And with a complementary set of skills, some guy that's strong in marketing, some person that's really strong in, in copywriting and, and a really technically minded person and somebody, maybe even somebody who's a gifted artist or product manager or somebody who's really good at design. Um, if you can get those people in mastermind, it's going to be fantastic if they're close enough in revenue level. You know, it doesn't have to be within a dollar, but, you know, the rough buckets that I've kind of laid out have been pretty close to, to good enough. Um, they're, you know, as you get closer to the dividing lines, it gets hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and there's more that goes into that. You know, is it funded? Like, I've, I've started to ask the questions. Are you self-funded? You know, like a bootstrapper kind of thing? Or are you looking for venture funding? Because your goals are different. Just be honest with yourself. One person, you know, if you're looking for funding, you're looking for um, building the business to show growth so you can get more funding. Whereas if you're a bootstrapper, you're looking for profitability, you know, um, freedom dollars. <laughs> so, I mean, just be honest with yourself. Know that these are the, the things that, that, that keep you apart. If I put you in the group together with this kind of person, it's not going to be a good fit. So, um, yeah, back to the revenue level thing. I think it's really important. Um, even, you know, because so I have right there on the landing page, I have, and if you look in the FAQs, that's a total of four revenue tiers that you can fall into uh, and then the beginner tier. So there's four pricing tiers shown, but there's a fifth tier kind of hidden there in the FAQ that if you go through the onboarding funnel and you indicate your revenue is north of that that fourth pricing tier, it will it actually has a fifth tier that hidden it can go to. Hidden tiers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because if you notice, my upper tier isn't just like everybody else, you pay this much, contact us. It says, okay, here's the price if you make up to, I don't have the page in front of me, but let's say it's, you know, between 500K and a million dollars. And then everybody over this, you know, there is this other gear you get get to, which is very, very rare. I think we would have just a special episode if I got those since I raised the prices. (laughs) How how are sales? Are are you still trucking along? You got uh, 499ers? Last week we had three sales. So two 50 bucks sales and one $200 sale. Nice. So again... Revenue-wise, that you know that matches one of my medium months from last year, right? But people flow-wise, that's not good enough. Mm. Um, so I need to keep I need to keep the foot on the accelerator pedal of traffic. And like I said last conversation, I'm not hoping to do content marketing to get one more, two more conversions. I'm looking to find pools of entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're gonna need to do some sort of. I need fishes and barrels. <laughs> so I, yeah, because you are gonna run into a marketplace problem, right. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm already running. And where you're going to get, especially those higher buckets. All the refunds I've given, and it's three today, have been because people were just tired of waiting. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. It's 100% fair. Yeah, and, totally. And so, and you know, two of the people said, hey, you know, if you find a group for me, let me know. I'll, I'll give you the money again. It's not a big deal. Just let me know. And so I kept them in the matching system. And if I find a, a match for them, I'll let them know. And they'll, they'll put the credit card in again. And on we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Give me my money back. It's more like, okay, you know, it's been three weeks. Let, let me let me just try this other route. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. I think if you're honest with most people, especially if you set the right expectation or, or, or uh, an upfront expectation, they, they're going to be cool with most things. Yeah. And I, I tell them right on, on the, uh, on the landing page, I tell them and as soon as the very first email tells you how the process work, how long it usually takes. Um, it's in the, um, FAQs there on the, on the landing page. Uh, you know, there's nothing hidden, right? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like right around the first two weeks of the year, it's like, crickets, right? There was just no traffic even, let alone signups. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, a couple of people asked me, it's like, did I, did I click something wrong on my profile? Am I just unmatchable? <laughs> you know, am I unlovable? And I was like, no, 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 it's just, it's really low traffic right now. Hang in there with me. I'm, I'm trying to spur some traffic and get some more eyeballs in. And they're like, oh, cool. I understand. I, I'm running a SaaS app and we're having the same problem. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I do find that bootstrapped entrepreneurs are actually more understanding sometimes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's the reason I'm, I'm hoping to do some... <sighs> 
I'm, I'm trying to go the extra mile with the content and lead magnet and how I repurpose the content. Like each piece of content I, I kick out, I think I can think of five or six ways to spin it um, that it might get in front of a different audience of people. You know, somebody who doesn't have time to go to and see a Google spreadsheet checklist might um, look at a slide share quick on, you know, on their phone or something like that. So um, once I get that kind of stuff in place, I have some plans to go um, um, talk to some joint venture possibilities, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's, no, a, for sure. there's yeah. a lot of ways I can take up, you know, take my product, which is, I think it's pretty good. And I'm, I'm hoping to build some content to prove that, you know, I know what I'm talking about. And either, I, you know, I don't know if maybe webinars are the way to go, but um, find ways to get in front of other audiences and other people's audiences and leverage mm-hmm. that and maybe give them a promo price or something like that. But uh, I got to do it. So it's really the only, only thing holding me up right now is just kind of getting some content out there. That's actually my content, mastermind specific content. I do have some content on the blog right now, but it's really kind of generic business shit. Um, that's not really from, you know, I didn't type those words for the most part. I did some editing, but it's not really mastermind specific. It doesn't make me a thought leader in the space. And so I need to rectify that other than the podcast, you know, but you know, those yeah. are, that's only seven people that listen to the podcast. Just stop. <laughs> we do. We, we get a lot of, uh, of very nice comments in the, in the circles we run in, you know, in the bootstrap chat and yeah. everything. It's, it's very nice. You know, a uh, delayed shout out. I just, um, I'm really slow getting through my podcast queue, but I, I just listened to the unofficial Shopify podcast, Kurt Elster's podcast. And he, mm. he had Kai Davis and, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the third name. Anyway, there was three of them on the show talking about the benefits of mastermind and how they've all three gotten benefits from mastermind groups. And nice. it was a good hour on why you should be in a mastermind. Um, all the different kinds of businesses that can help, how you can run your mastermind and really personal stories about what it's meant to them. Like Kurt Elster even invited the guys in his mastermind to his wedding. You know what I mean? It's like, these are real stories. It's not just fluff. So, and then at the end, you know, they, they were talking about how you, well, how do you, how do you get into mastermind? And the first thing they said was mastermind. So I appreciate the shout out. Oh, that's awesome. But totally. The entire yeah. show, I mean, aside from the shout out, the, the show is just so valuable. You know, like I would tweet that out and say, listen to this show, listen to this podcast and then yeah. go sign up for mastermind channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kai, uh, so uh, man, Kai puts out some really amazing podcasts. Oh yeah, he's got a new show. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know the editor or not. Kai and um, Nick Disabato do a show oh, it's called the Make Money. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing their money show. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, Make Money Online yeah. Exposed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's perfect. Like yeah. I was listening to it, and it was linked up on Product Hunt. I don't know what the website is. So Make Money Online Exposed. You said? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. What a great URL. <laughs> Why not? Because those URLs are like a dollar ninety eight a year. Or something like that yeah too, right yeah no it's amazing and so i was listening to them i was like that's perfect this is this is perfect these guys are just it's a perfect like you know pairing of people and obviously they've been friends for a long time and right um, right obviously they're very accomplished wordsmiths too um so anyway good job uh whoever edits that show <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good stuff yep it's a great that's another great shout out there but the uh the back to the unofficial shopify podcast if anybody wants to listen to it it's december 15th episode um they they brought up a few things things that I have been writing about. And um, there's going to be um, part of my lead magnet in some of the articles I'm putting out on my blog are going to be about how to use Slack effectively in your mastermind group. Mm. And with like a screen demo, I have a mastermind jam Slack group set up and um, I'm going to be demonstrating basically best practices on how and I've been using it in, in my new mastermind group. And it's been really great. And some of the things they said on the show um, are kind of validating some of the things we found in our group, as well as things I thought would be helpful if I could make like a Slack integration that does this a little better. Uh-huh. Um, and they kind of validated that they have the same kind of workflow. And I don't, I don't know, it was, it was really good validation that they too could benefit kind of from a Slack bot that was, you know, mastermind specific. So, what you know, last week I talked about, or was it two weeks ago, I talked about how that was kind of one of my future steps was to make a Slack bot that I could release. Probably not for pay, but definitely just for the SEO value of it and getting the word out there. Oh, um, for sure. It'd be amazing. I mean, I think it's it's a huge need. Yeah, because, you know, first of all, Slack is great. And a lot of people already are in Slack. And that's the great thing about Slack. Mm-hmm. You know, where HipChat messed up is once you sign up for one team in HipChat with your email, that's it. You can't use that email for any other teams. you got to come up with bogus email. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And, but was with, with Slack, it's really nice because you can just switch teams. And mine is to the point of ridiculous. Now, now I've, I'm I, I, like 10 teams, which oh, is just nuts. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. But, you know, I have the notifications pared down where I really only get notified if something important comes up mm-hmm. in some of those groups. And in others, I'm really active. Like, you know, you and my, you and me have a Slack room. And I don't know, is it is it overkill for two people to have their own Slack room? You know, but... It, it... 
Slack, you know, I honestly have a bit of a love hate with Slack. I mean, it's it's fantastic for some things. Yeah. Um, but I like email because it's not immediate. Yeah. Like we're talking about, I can just not look at email, right? And well, it's okay. And the assumption of Slack is if you send someone a Slack message, it it should and is acted on immediately. Ah. You can turn it off or go quiet or whatever. There's you know, a snooze but, setting. Yeah. But if you're in a work situation, like your employees shouldn't be snoozing you, right? In Slack. Yeah. But what if they're working? I mean, I don't want to interrupt them, right? Yeah. Like if yeah. they're editing a show or they're writing or they're what, I don't want to ping them for something. So in the day job, we have a, we have kind of a operation procedure with all these communication channels. So when, when I wrote the remote work policy, when I basically said, I'm not coming into the office anymore, um, we came up with kind of a standard, you know, way of thinking about all these communication nets. And it's like, you know, email is asynchronous. You don't know when you're going to expect a response. If, mm-hmm. it, if it's something more urgent than email can handle and um, it's not lengthy, you know, and there's not a lot of attachments and things, then, you know, instant message, whatever the, the instant message of, uh, of the day is, Slack or HipChat, um, use instant message. And if it's still urgent, if it's too urgent for that kind of, a, of, you know, waiting for, you know, response, you know, after you've tried all that, then pick up the phone. Right. And if you're still not getting a response, picking up the phone and you still need an answer in our office's situation, that's when you go and tap the guy on the shoulder. You yeah. Know? It's like, or you call up somebody in the office with them. Cause we have two remote offices. And it's like, uh, can you go tap Andy on the shoulder and tell him, give me a call back. Right. Um, if it's right. an emergency. Right. But otherwise, if you don't get an answer right away in email, that's what you had to expect when you sent the if you don't get an answer in 30 seconds back from slack it's okay because that's the way it is it's like a foss of information some people check in some people check out so they can get work done um i think that just has to be the expectation with it so i don't i don't really mind if people snooze me and i don't hear back like i'm in a slack um i have a private slack channel in the bootstrap community with uh justin vincent Mm -hmm. and like i might send him a message at you know three in the morning when i'm awake because the dog woke me up and i'm thinking about something (laughs) and i know he's not gonna get back to me right away right and then yeah. sure enough, at like quarter to 10, he'll get it, give me an answer. And he doesn't preface the answer with, oh, sorry, I just saw your message. He just starts talking, you know, because it's like a shared expectation. It's like, you, you know, you answer when you answer. It's not a big deal. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, Slack, it's, I mean, it's, it's becoming more ubiquitous and like a lot of companies got big on the rise of Twitter, you know, even though Twitter, maybe some people say it's on the decline right now. Stock price certainly is, um, the, the platform as it grew, I mean, you wouldn't have buffer if you didn't have, you know, the rise of Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and Hootsuite and, and Justin Vincent's Plugio and a lot of companies like that. All they did was just make it a little easier to use this tool that everybody was starting to gravitate to. And I'm hoping that something similar can happen if I just you know, you know, hook an anchor into Slack as it's growing and people are getting more and more used to it. Uh, hopefully my plugin may be the de facto plugin for using in a mastermind group setting. And it's real easy then to have, again, like we said, Jing or, or ScreenFlow or Camtasia or QuickTime on recording you using Slack for these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just show people how it is. And this is, you know, this is how it's used and click here to, to integrate it with your Slack channel. Done and done. And then maybe there's a, you know, premium tier where you pay $5 a user a month or $2 a user a month or something for something that's really server intensive that's kind of a strain on my business but uh i don't know why it can't be free to start with because then i mean just think about that right because right now mastermind groups probably not a great audience to go to hacker news with right um because really techie people kind of they rebel against something that feels salesy yeah digital marketery you know right 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 or you know (laughs) self-helpy and so but if i say that i've made a a slack bot could you just check it out and you know see how we can improve it now i have something i can post in hacker right Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are entrepreneurs that hang out on ha- Hacker News that lurk and, and give responses to entrepreneurial kind of articles um, that would come out of the woodwork for something like that. And they would notice, hey, this is related to Mastermind Jam. And some portion of those people might read my content, download a lead magnet, and then feel confident enough to buy the product, hopefully. Right. Yeah. And then, then you can, you know, there's product hunt. There's all kinds of ways that you can that you can get this content out there. I just need to get the content made first. <laughs> driving me nuts. So um, I know we had talked about micro conf being kind of the time where you're going to make a decision about the future of mastermind jam i it, it seems things are going much better in the last six weeks or so but um looking for i mean it's only two months away what sort of metrics do you have in your mind about how to make that decision 
That's a very good topic. Let's define the goalposts. Yeah, because um, because better is not a good answer. Yeah, and and I have the same the same questions in my mind for the things I'm involved in. Always sort of evaluating them, and and it's not just is it good or not, but it's a lot of opportunity costs. Like if you put all the hours you put into Mastermind Jam into something else, could you be doing better and would it have more upside potential? Yeah, and the same for me with podcast money. I think it's a pretty good place to put my time and money, but I'm always evaluating that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because potentially all these things I'm talking about are just further distractions from the main point of this is not a good business for me to be. In. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not saying that, and I don't know. But. <laughs> no, I agree, and I want to have that conversation at Microconf. Like, if if we're going to record some podcast chatter at Microconf, I, I need that to be on the on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Is is revenue a good indicator? I don't know. Um, as a bootstrapper, it has to be. It has to be part of the conversation. The revenue. Well, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> a big one. Yeah, I'm not out for eyeballs, right? So I can go talk to Andreessen Horowitz to get some dollars. I, I need revenue. Revenue. Um, and with that, so if I see that traffic has been on a dramatic upswing, not going from 300 hits a month to 400 hits a month, but I mean like going from, I think I get like on a good month, 575 hits. If suddenly I'm at 5,000 hits a month and, you know, my conversion rate is also um, proportionally on the upswing. And that means that revenue is on the upswing, which would be an indicator that if I could put more time into it, I could even optimize it further. I guess I'm looking for signals that continue to focus on it, continued attention will keep having outsized results. Does that mm-hmm. make any sense? No, totally. Like yeah. I, I don't want one-to-one linear results. I want outsized results. <laughs> I want I want at the end of this to, to be able to say, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, I don't need to be making 10,000 a month by time of microconf, but it'd be great to have a multiple of the amount of signups per week that I do now. So if like, say I got three signups last week, wouldn't it be great by microconf I'm seeing 10 or 12 signups a week, right? Yeah. Because that to me would say, maybe this is business I can I can continue to optimize and fix the leaks in the funnels and add more value and, and get more eyeballs and, you know. Um, but if I'm doing all this extra effort and, you know, like those cartoon characters that are running in place before they actually go anywhere, if I'm doing a lot of that, my wheels are spinning, but I'm not going anywhere, then I think you need to just put your hand on my shoulder and say, look, dude, I think it's time to put a bullet in its head. <laughs> and that's maybe not, this is a big, I, yeah, again, could be a good business saying, for somebody but, else, you know. Um, but yeah. maybe it could be a factor of because I don't have a enough time to devote to it. It's not a good fit for me. You know, those are the kinds of questions I'm going to ask. You know, maybe I'm just not a good fit for this business. Maybe it's a good business for somebody else, but not for me. You know, um, that kind of, those are the kinds of questions that I, I, I've already been asking. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to make money in this world. And, uh, you know, my wife and I have been talking about private labeling stuff from overseas and selling it. And not that that's not without risk or hassle or headache. Um, but it's something that's you can achieve success that we need, you know, as far as bringing in some replacement income um, with the time that I have to devote to it without taking so much time away from my family, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't have to be constantly talking about building a SaaS app in order to fund, you know, the Freedom Plan. I could I could fund the Freedom Plan in a lot of different ways. It could be an FBA business that resells garden lanterns. It could be, <laughs> you know, maybe it's um, affiliate marketing. Maybe it's something to do with mobile advertising. Um, I don't I don't know. So yeah, I mean, our you know the 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 travel websites we got into are not sexy, but they're giving us the money we need, man. And they're cool and they're fun to work on and they're going to be interesting for us. And they're teaching me a lot, but you know, it's not the thing I'm going to do forever. Maybe, maybe we'll keep them forever if they get on autopilot, but you know, it's not the super fulfilling thing Yeah, and that, uh, in terms of like my sort of like technical curiosity. And that's, that's really, I that's mean, cool. you're like the, the, um, Oh, person I look up to on, on that front, because you know, those non-sexy sites, you know, if I could find some business that makes four to $6,000, just throws off net four to 6,000 a month, I would at least have some validation that, okay, spending more time on that might yield us the money we need. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we, I was, you know, in our Slack, I was talking about this business that came up on one of the different brokerage sites that it was like a sports real t- retail on Amazon throws off, you know, the guy works on it. What was it? Five hours a year, yeah, a year. Yeah. Like basically he ponies up in January and he says, oh crap, I, I guess I need to reorder stuff. Right. He orders it from his supplier in China and he's got like a Rolodex of 20 different suppliers that can supply the object. And by the way, whatever object it is, and they were KG in the interview, um, until you put down the deposit, you can't hear um, what the actual product is. The product has no moving parts and is not electronic. It's in the sporting good niche. And my wife and I were just like beating ourselves up about it. So anyway, <laughs> he orders more of that thing, has it shipped to Amazon fulfillment centers. And, and then, so it's three SKUs. 
three different products that he sells as seven different SKU because they're close enough that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. So if he's out of like the good selling <laughs> SKU and he's selling out of one and it's like almost empty, he takes the other product and he ch- puts the, the new product image in and he just calls it the thing yeah. and people just don't realize it. And so my wife and I are like, what the hell could he swap out that most people wouldn't know? It? And they also went so far as to say, okay, in this product, it's in a niche where people aren't brand name sensitive. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of sporting goods things that you, you're not going to buy unless it, you know, I'm not going to buy a water filter that probably doesn't say Katahdin on and I'm not going to buy, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, people have the, the brand names in mind. But what kind of things in a sporting good niche um, do I not care about the brand name? And then so I looked at the revenue numbers and it's clear it's a seasonal product, right? So it's the sales spike at the end of, uh, middle of November and go down again in March. So it's a winter sport thing, right? Or something mm-hmm. you're buying mm-hmm. in the winter mm-hmm. as a gift or use in the spring. So I, we're thinking, was it ski goggles or anyway? Point being, this business throws off, you know, any, uh, and on average, 4500 bucks. That's the net. And, you know, he sets aside enough that he can order $7,000 worth of product from China and do it again. And he, he also says he has an eBay account that has over 4,000 um, five-star reviews, but they don't sell anything on eBay anymore. And this and the product doesn't have its own website. It's like, okay, if I buy this thing, there's so much room to grow, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we're thinking, okay, do I want to pony up? Well, I think it was $100,000 or something like that. Do, I, do, do we want to do we want to do that right now? That's my a wife's, lot of jack. A lot it, of jack. It is. You know, into one. Yeah. And it's like, or and my wife's just like, you know, I'm fine if we just go find one product, make a bet on it, order whatever the minimum order quantity is, knowing that maybe we're not going to get the best margin, see if it sells mm-hmm. and repeat. Cause that's what this guy did to find this product. You know, he didn't have some magic, you know, knowledge. He just poked around and found something and we can do that too. And I love that attitude by like, you know, this Jag off did it. Why can't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's you know? a very fair thing to to say, you I know, think. I don't Steve know. Steve Jobs said that in one of his, uh, in the commencement speech that's always quoted. And it's like, you know, you don't realize that you're living by rules that some other guy made up that's no smarter than you. Right. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Um, anyway, well, that was a huge roaming tangent. And I apologize. That was. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, there's a lot of ways to make money. It doesn't, you know, I'm not pinning every single hope in the world on Mastermind Jam. Yeah. Um, I, it's dear to my heart because I feel there's a lot of ways I can add value. But even if this doesn't become my business, I can just let this go and let it run. And, you know, um, continue to add value that way. It could just be a side project that goes on autopilot and it's just not my main thing. You know, yeah. I'm fine with yeah. that too. Totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, um, I'm going to go hit it. I got some work to do. Get some work. I got some sleep to do. Yeah. Maybe that too. I got about two and a half hours of sleep last night. Nice. All right, man. Well, cool. all right, man. Well, I'll, uh, I'll holler at you next week then. Yes. All right. All right. Have Thanks. a good one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nights and Weekends podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. To stay up to date and learn more about balancing your family and your startup, visit www.nightsandweekendspodcast.com. We'll catch you next time.